At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Satterberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. And uh, Tuesday is an exciting day in sports because the class of 2022 for the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame will be announced. And I'm very curious to see how these voters, uh, you know, voted. Because there are polarizing players up for entrance. David Ortiz, Big Poppy, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, um, Alex Rodriguez. You know, this is the debate now because this is like the this is the biggest year, I think, when it comes to the steroid error guys, right? Like, in my opinion, they're all Hall of Famers. These were the greatest baseball players of their time. And I'm not going to get into a whole performance enhancing drug conversation because you still have to play baseball. Okay, The PEDs doesn't make you a Hall of Fame baseball player. It's just the bottom line. You want to argue with me about it? Argue with me about it. Still got to pitch the ball. Still got to hit the ball. Still got to perform at a high level. You you don't, you can't just give give me steroids, okay? I'm not going to be a Hall of Fame baseball player. <laughs> Still got to go out there, put the work in, put in your 10,000 hours of of practice, and become one of the very best in your sport. Now, are you able to recover from injuries faster? Yes. Are you less fatigued? Yes. Are you able to uh, work out day day after day, twice a day, three times a day because your body is recovering and repairing its 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 torn muscle fibers? Yes, absolutely. Still have to go out there and see the ball, hit the ball. So, in my opinion, they're all Hall of Famers. But I'm very curious. I saw that you know again this is not from these were like offshore odds and things like that but i had seen david ortiz was minus 500 to uh make it um alex rodriguez was slightly favored uh to get in barry bonds though was at plus 500 at a time meaning that and same thing with roger clemens that they did not feel that they would get in. No Roger Clemens, no Barry Bonds. Um, that was the latest that I saw from one of these exotic places on who they think would get in. But that's going to be announced on Tuesday and should be exciting. That will be uh, the baseball world will, you know, get a buzz 
uh, sometime here in the off season, and the conversation will be about something other than um, this lockout <laughs> and whether or not we're going to miss spring training games. Me personally, I can't wait for baseball season. It's I do my best handicapping work during baseball. I'd say for me, it's baseball, college football are my two biggest strengths. So I absolutely cannot wait for Major League Baseball season. Um, thinking if I am going to bring back the play of the day or if we're going to have like multiple plays each day. I feel like I might bring back the play of the day because that was that was fun. Um, and then last year we had a 20-day play of the day win streak. We won 20 straight bets in Major League Baseball. I was all over VEASAN in the summer, and we were talking about that. And then, of course, what happens? You know, you make all these guest appearances. You talk about the 20-game win streak, and then you lose number 21. But we won number 22, but no one cares about that, right? No one cares about winning the 22nd game. You lost the 21st game. That's what people care about. You see, you can win win 20 in a row. And then everybody follows on number 21. And then number 21 loses, and you're done. You're dropped. So 22 could win. And you could win 22, 23, 24, 25, 26. But because you lost number 21, you're done. So that's exciting. I can't wait for Major League Baseball season. We'll start diving into that at the appropriate time. But we're not there yet. It's still football season. And the conference championships will take place on Sunday, beginning with the AFC championship game from Arrowhead, the Chiefs hosting the Bengals. And then the nightcap will be the NFC title game from SoFi Stadium, the Rams and the 49ers. And I think it's one of the most interesting storylines about this is that the Rams are limiting their tickets to only fans in the greater Los Angeles area. But here's what happened here is that the, I think it was Ticketmaster maybe, um, removed the restrictions on where you had to be to purchase tickets. You see, what happened is the Rams, you know, they haven't given a reason, and maybe they blame COVID. What I don't know what I don't know what they're going to do. The bottom line is when those two teams played in SoFi Stadium, last game of the regular season, the 49ers needing to win in order to make it to the playoffs. That stadium was red. <laughs> you know, it was just all 49er fans. And the Rams don't want that to happen. So the Rams or SoFi, they said that tickets will be limited to residents of the greater Los Angeles area. Um, it was a notification, quote, public sales to the game at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California, will be restricted to residents of the greater Los Angeles region. Residency will be based on credit card billing address at checkout. That is literally what the public announcement said. Uh, Ticketmaster had information about this, saying orders by residents outside of the greater Los Angeles region will be canceled without notice and refunds given. What? Huh? Then Ticketmaster um, says 
that the policy is lifted. And um, it's said here, uh, according to SF Gate, as of 9 a.m. Monday, the notice has been removed. And the only notice that pops up informs customers of COVID-19 policies. Ticketmaster did not respond to a request for a comment. So how about that? Um, 49ers corporate communications team sent a statement on behalf of the Niners saying, quote, the 49ers are very appreciative of how much support the faithful bring when the team is on the road, especially in L.A. NFC Championship tickets are available to 49ers fans no matter where they live on a number of ticketing sites, and we can't wait to see them in SoFi Stadium on Sunday. And that is just crazy. And I'm very curious to see how many 49er fans pack that building. And you know what? There's going to be a lot of people that are going to bet on the 49ers in this game. The 49ers were the public dog in the wild card round against the Cowboys. It seemed like everyone was on the 49ers. And then last week, maybe the Bills were the public dog, but that game was pretty much a coin flip. 49ers got a lot of love last week going to Lambeau. And I did not think they were going to pull it off. And they did. But did they do anything that gives you some sort of confidence or feeling that they're going to beat the Rams? And, and just forget about the two times they played them in the regular season. The playoffs are a different animal. We know that. We've seen that. The Cardinals and the Rams in the regular season was a very close rivalry. The Cardinals won the first game. The Rams won the second game. The both games, you know, they could have gone either way. And the Rams dominated them in the playoffs. Like, dominated them. So, regular season playoffs, different animal. 49ers really could have lost to the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas was pathetic in that game. The penalties were absurd. Uh, Dak played terrible. You know, even the botched play at the end, trying to get a playoff. I mean, just awful. And then last week, I mean, kudos to the 49er defense because they played well. They, you know, the, the, obviously the conditions played a factor. The snow, the cold, it just was, it was not, it was not a prototypical Packers performance. Right? I mean, they just, they did not look like the team that they were all season in that game. Packers were the best team in football all season. Just absolutely dominant. And they just looked terrible against the 49ers. But even looking terrible, the 49ers did not do anything offensively. But a punt block at the end of the game led to the tying touchdown, and that's how they win the game. A punt block. It's going to take a lot more than pressuring Matt Stafford and blocking a punt to win against the Rams. 
The question is, can they do it? I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for Moneyline over under and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way. vcin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Scott Zandenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Uh, taking a look at uh, where we are so far in the playoffs and looking at the championship games, uh, you have the Bengals so far, um, you know, against the Chiefs. And what a job that they have done. Uh, the public laying the points with the Chiefs, you would think. Uh, spread opened up six and a half. It's at seven. And, you know, maybe we could see a seven and a half come on the board. Could be interesting to see that. Um, favorite six and four ATS here in this postseason. So, uh, since 2003, home teams or home favorites, I should say, in the AFC and NFC championship games, 17 and 13 ATS. So 57% uh, ATS since 2003. And uh, we remember the Bengals with the upset here um, uh, in week 17. Three and a half point home dogs winning outright against the Kansas City Chiefs. Total has uh, steamed from 53 and a half to 54 and a half. Uh, AFC and NFC championship overs 22 and 11 since 2003. How about that? 67%. So championship overs 22 and 11 since 2003. Kansas City 7 and 0 to the over in their last seven games. And I'll go back to the three prior AFC championship games that they hosted. And all three of them went over. And so now you have this one here um, with the potential to go over. As for the NFC, Rams opened up three and a half point favorites. It went down to three and then back to three and a half. Uh, Playoff um, divisional dogs. uh, Let's see here. Um, Kyle Shanahan. This is interesting. Kyle Shanahan as a dog. In his career, 27 and 18 ATS. So that is 60%. Jimmy G, though, as an underdog, 15 and 4 ATS. That's 79%. So Jimmy Garoppolo, a nice uh, nice job here as an underdog. Um, the total has actually been bet down from 47 to 46. It's at 46 and a half here up on DraftKings. And Here's a note from Josh Applebaum up on vcin.com. When the total drops at least a half a point in the playoffs, the under is 35 and 30 
over the past 10 years. So 35 and 30, not a great lean, but just could be looking at where, you know, that's the under when the line does drop. So this could be an under game is what some people would project. And we've seen the total drop down from 47 to 46. As for the early betting splits, people are on the favorites, more so the Kansas City Chiefs. The early betting splits have the Kansas City Chiefs getting 63% of the bets and 82% of the handle in the AFC Championship game. The total, though, this is where the most handle percentage has been seen so far. Again, this, this, this is only information from Monday, and the information is going to change as we move throughout the week. But so far, the early money is on the over. 80% of the bets and 93% of the handle is on the over 54 and a half. Uh, and then money line bets, you're actually getting Chiefs at 56% of the bets, 62% of the handle on the money line. As for the NFC, the Rams getting 65% of the bets and 60% of the handle right early on. The over just slightly getting more love, 54% of the bets and 55% of the handle is on the over 46 and a half. And money line bets are uh, strongly in favor of the Rams. 59% of the bets, but 71% of the handle is on the money line. The Rams uh, minus 170 right now on the money line. Again, these are early numbers, numbers that will most certainly change throughout the week. I don't know change in terms of like which side. Like I don't think we're going to see now a higher percentage. Uh, maybe we could flip-flop. But I would say that uh, the public's going to be on the Kansas City Chiefs. And possibly it flips here to the 49ers. The three and a half is a good number for the 49ers. And uh, if the line drops down to three, I see more people getting in on the Rams. Currently, right now, 49ers plus three and a half is minus 115 up on DraftKings. Again, the total is 46 and a half. Uh, I, I just look at the game, and I think this is the game. And, excuse me, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not putting, we're going to get into both of these games, right? as the week moves on. But maybe I'm, I don't want to say disrespecting, but just not giving enough credence to what the Bengals have done this postseason. And it, I, I, it got, I got stung in their game against the Titans because I was all over Tennessee. And I pretty much had said to everybody, everybody that came on the air and, and we talked about the playoffs, I'm like, well, doesn't it seem like this is the game that no one really cares about and the games go in order of uh, relevancy and the first game of the weekend is the one that no one cares about, Titans and the Bengals? And I just say, Tennessee's winning this game. I put Tennessee in a money line parlay. Why not? And they lost. 
Now, Ryan Tannehill with the turnovers, that helped. Was, you know, we can talk about why the Titans lost that game, but they lost. Okay? The Bengals play well at home against the Raiders and then go on the road to the number one seed and win. Now they have to go to Arrowhead. Completely different animal, but they have a win over the Chiefs in their pocket. And that's what they could say to anybody that is disrespecting them here. Like, guys, do you remember what happened a couple of weeks ago when the Chiefs came to our building and we beat them? This would be the upset of all upsets. (laughs) And I know it's not like a double-digit spread. And, you know, we just had... The Packers were six, but it went down to five and a half. But that was an upset that you know, there were there were people on the 49ers. There were a lot of people on the 49ers. And, you know, I, I, I was here at Circa watching the game. And it was pretty much all 49er fans cheering for, for them in that game. But um, that upset was one that I was like, okay. I'm a bit shocked. I'm a bit, you know, surprised just because of how great the Packers were all season. I think the conditions obviously played a factor. Um, and who knows if it was clear weather and whatnot, if it would have been different. I don't know. I was a little bit surprised. But looking at the Bengals against the Chiefs, and I'm not saying this is going to be a blowout. But I feel the way, I feel about this game, the way I felt with the Eagles going up against the Bucks, and with the Steelers going up against the Chiefs. And what I mean by that is when those games happened in Wild Card Weekend, I said in my heart of hearts that if the Chiefs or the Bucks lost that game, the world's upside down. Like, there's just no way that they were going to lose those games at home based on the opponents that they were playing. AFC Championship game at Arrowhead, after coming off of that win against Buffalo, I cannot see Andy Reid letting his Kansas City Chiefs team lose to an upstart Cincinnati Bengals. And and I understand how good Cincy is, but this one would shock me. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's the look ahead here on VSIN. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's never too early to prepare for the big game. And we want to make sure that VSIN is a part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs. And then on championship weekend, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on vcin.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join the vcin betting experts before, during, and after the action on vcin.com. 
Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. You know, taking a look at some uh, playoff specials here, uh, much like we did for the divisional round of the playoffs, you can bet some of these specials up on DraftKings for the championship Sunday. And that includes the player with the most receiving yards. Will it be Cooper Cup, minus 120, Tyree Kill, plus 250? Travis Kelsey, plus 300. Jamar Chase, plus 400. T. Higgins, plus 4,000. Odell Beckham Jr., plus 4,000. Debo Samuel, plus 4,000. Who will have the most receiving yards? Hmm. I would say, how could you not have Tyreek Hill in there? I mean, look at what he did against the Bills. He took just a quick pass and darted for a 64-yard touchdown. He went, you know, he didn't have like a dominant game until the end. He wound up with 11 catches for 150 yards. Now, Gabriel Davis was the star. He had 201 yards and four touchdowns, including the 75-yard bomb. But you got to think, if you're thinking about a, a home run threat, the biggest home run threat there is, is Tyreek Hill. So maybe worth a, a shot here. Most rushing yards, Elijah Mitchell. Minus 125. Cam Akers, plus 450. Joe Mixon, plus 650. Here's a fun one. Debo Samuel, most rushing yards, plus 750. Patrick Mahomes, plus 750. Jarek McKinnon, plus 1,200. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, plus 2,500. That's one that I'm very interested in. CEH came back from injury and looked great. He had seven carries for 60 yards. Now, Mahomes had seven carries for 69 yards. But let's say they give the ball to CEH more than seven times. I mean, he showed some burst. He had fresh legs, you know. And uh, I know Jarek McKinnon's been the guy that's been doing the job over the past couple of weeks here in CEH's absence. But, man, did he look refreshed. And he looked good. He plus 2,500 to have the most receiving, you know, excuse me, most rushing yards uh, here. Um, touchdown scorers in both games uh, are very interesting. Some long shots. Let's see. If we want to look at past, what do you say, past plus 250? Um, long shots in the AFC championship game. Tyler Boyd plus 260. Slightly under plus 250 is C.J. Uzama at plus 230. I kind of like that. Uh, Mecole Hardman plus 300. Um, Chiefs defense plus 380. Joe Burrow anytime touchdown plus 550. Mm, Samaj P. Ryan plus 550. Chris Evans plus 1,000. So those are just looking at some of the long shots. In the long shots in the NFC, we're talking above plus 250. Brandon Ayuk plus 260. Van Jefferson plus 280. Sony Michelle plus 300. Juwan Jennings plus 360. He was the star the last time these two teams played to end the regular season. Juwan Jennings plus 360. 
anytime touchdown. 49er defense plus 600. Rams defense plus 550. Uh, Jimmy G is plus 650 to have a touchdown. Here's a fun one. Okay. This is... I might ha- I might put a sprinkle on this. If we're being honest. Um, Trey Lance is plus 750. Now, this is the AFC Championship game. You leave it all on the line. There might come a situation where Kyle Shanahan digs into the bag of tricks and around the goal line rolls out a package for Trey Lance. And he gets in the game and has a touchdown. It doesn't even have to be a trick play. It could just be, you know, a regular quarterback run designed for Trey Lance. Uh, I think in the first game that the Rams played the 49ers in, Trey Lance, um, well, he had a rushing touchdown. So maybe was it in the last game that they played? When did he have a rushing touchdown? It was... Well, maybe I'm looking at a different 49er game. Anyway, there was a game this... uh, I'll tell you exactly what game I'm thinking of if I can just look at Trey Lance's stats here. Um, Let's see. So, Trey Lance's game logs. He had... Oh, maybe it was against the Packers? No. Anyway. Yeah, it was. It was the 30-28 loss. It was the 30-28 loss against the Packers earlier in the season, that's the one that I was thinking of, where he came in for one play, ran the ball for a touchdown. One one carry from one yard out, ran the ball in, touchdown. Maybe that's what happens here. Maybe there's a package designed for Trey Lance. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk is plus 650. That's always fun. Matthew Stafford, plus 650. The quarterback sneak game from the goal line. Matthew Stafford, plus 650, anytime touchdown. Kendall Blanton, who found the end zone, he is plus 800. Um, So there are some fun long shot bets here on the board for anytime touchdown scorers this week. How about the multiple touchdown scorers? Now, I was just uh, talking about it off the air. A friend of mine sent me the screenshot from a winning bet from this past Sunday. Gabriel Davis to have three or more touchdowns. The 100 to 1 payout, and Gabriel Davis, we know, had four touchdowns. So it was a $50 bet, won over $5,000. And so, how now does the bets for three touchdowns or more look? Travis Kelsey is plus 1,600. Tyreek Hill plus 1,800. Jamar Chase, 2,500. I mean, these are the guys that would have multiple touchdowns. How about Cooper Cup plus 1,400? This is the one that I like, though. And it's not great odds. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd like to have better odds than this, but it's still good. It's at plus 2,500. Debo Samuel to have three or more touchdowns because... He could get one rushing touchdown and two receiving touchdowns. Or he could get two rushing touchdowns and one receiving touchdown. Like, that's the best bet on the, on the board 
to have three or more touchdowns, to score two or more touchdowns, he's plus 500, and that's a great bet. Like, Debo Debo scoring two touchdowns. Uh, you know, if, I mean, if the 49ers win this game, it's because Debo scoring touchdowns. I know people. His in the, the injury went. He's fine. He's gonna play. There's no way you're keeping. He is the most dynamic weapon for this team. You're not keeping him off the field. So that's a fun one that I like looking at here. Um, as he is the, uh, how about first team touchdown scorer? We've seen the first game touchdown scorer bets, but you can bet now on the first team touchdown scorer. So for the Bengals. Joe Mixon is the favorite at plus 240. Jamar Chase is next at plus 330. CJ Uzama plus 650. That's who I would bet on. Uh, For the Chiefs, Tyreek Hill plus 380. Kelsey plus 380. McKinnon plus 600. CEH plus 650. Byron Pringle plus 850. A lot of interesting number uh, odds there. For the Rams, Cooper Cup plus 240. Akers plus 380. Odell Beckham Jr. plus 500. I like that. Tyler Higby plus 750, Van Jefferson plus 900, and for the 49ers, Debo Samuel plus 275, Elijah Mitchell plus 350, George Kittle plus 550, Brandon Ayuk plus 700. Um, you know, I like that. Debo plus 275 to score the first touchdown for the 49ers. Not the first touchdown of the game. The Rams could score the first touchdown of the game, but first 49er touchdown, Debo Samuel. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. Uh, still sitting here at three and a half for the Rams, 46 and a half is the total. Chiefs minus seven, 54 and a half for the total in that one. Plenty more discussion surrounding um, both of these games, obviously, as we progress throughout the week. Coming up next, I want to get into the NBA schedule here for Tuesday, the NHL schedule as well. See if we could pick out some winners here on this board, some games that uh, are early circles for me based on the lines that are out right now. This is The Look Ahead right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcasts. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vsin.com slash podcasts and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They're all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. You know, when you're looking at, um, you know, some of the uh, best teams here, in, uh, you know, whether it's the NBA or the NHL and just trying to find advantages, of course, you can pick on good teams against bad teams and and see if you can find some discrepancies in the odds to see what you can take advantage of. Uh, are there value sometimes on these heavy underdogs? Of course, there's always value on underdogs. Um, but really, there's times where you just know you have the advantage. Uh, Penguins, Coyotes. 
yes, at plus 340, Arizona, it's very interesting. But they are one of the worst. They're the, they're, them and Montreal are the worst teams in the NHL in any metric that you look at. You know, all of their strengths. Meanwhile, the Penguins are top 10 in the league. In fact, if you're just looking at, you know, five-on-five numbers, the Penguins are the best in the NHL. And Arizona is, you know, not that bad, to be honest with you. They're like 20th in the league in five-on-five. But overall, in all strengths, they're the worst. Um, I just, obviously, the puck line is where you're going to play this one, not on the money line. Penguins are minus 170 on the puck line. So you got to find a team to, 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 to pair this with. Um, period props, this is kind of where I would have some fun with. Penguins minus a half a goal for the first period. Do they jump out to a lead after the first period? I think the answer is yes. Um, total is over one and a half. I think they could have a 2-0 lead at the end of one. Like, that's where I would, you know, pretty much take a look at where they are. Um, If you're looking at first period numbers, first period totals, uh, the Penguins this year, um, first period numbers, they are at, where are they? Penguins are 18 and 22 to uh, the first period over. Um, I'd like to know how they are in scoring versus how they are defensively, but um, this is where they are. The best uh, over team in the first period in the NHL this season is the Columbus Blue Jackets, 26 overs to 12 unders. Um, They are by far the uh, highest over team in the NHL in the first period, 26-12-1. Minnesota is next, 23-12-2. Then Vegas, then Arizona. So it's very interesting. And a lot of that could have to do with Arizona allowing goals. Arizona is third in overs in the first period. Or excuse me, fourth in the league in overs in the first period. And again, that could be because of allowing the opponent to score goals. Very, very interesting numbers there. So, yeah, I do like the Penguins in the first period. Do like the first period over there. Um, Taking a look at just um, other games that could be good. Let's see. You have Vegas against Carolina. Now, this is... um, You have two... Really good over first period teams in Vegas and Carolina. So that could be worth a look here. Um, let's see. Any other good first period overs or just game overs in general? Um, six and a half is Panthers Jets. Not so much how I love that. The Vegas and Carolina is interesting to me because Vegas is playing the second night of a back-to-back. Vegas, um, Robin Leonard just pitched a shutout. Had a tremendous game. Um here on Monday night. Don't know if he's playing the second night of a back-to-back. I haven't seen any announcement yet. Um, They were in D.C. to face the Capitals. Now they go to Carolina to face the Hurricanes. Um, Don't know if it's going to be Leonard in net, so that's something worth uh, keeping an eye on. 
but it's very rare that it's such a low-scoring game with Vegas. I mean, this is a a good-scoring team. Um, And just in this game, I think Leonard was just great. I mean, um, Capitals had 34 shots on goal, and Vegas had 29 shots on goal. You know, there were plenty of power plays uh, as there were five power plays for for the Capitals, four power plays for the Knights. And if not for the play of both Robin Leonard and Vanacek, we're talking about this game should have gone over. With the amount of shots, with the amount of power play opportunities, this should have been an over game. So I would lean towards the over in Vegas and Carolina. It's at six right now. Carolina minus 160 is where you're looking. Um, kind of like hmm, Nashville in Seattle. Nashville minus 160. Totals five and a half. I kind of like the over five and a half, if we're being honest. Um, the Kraken have been giving up some goals. Um, they've also been scoring some goals. They just upset the Panthers on Sunday, winning five to three. They scored, you know, they outscored them five to two from periods two on, uh, and two nothing in the third period. So a really good performance from the Kraken on Sunday night, upsetting the Panthers. That game went over past couple of games here for the Kraken, um, you know, a 5-3 win over Florida. They lose 5 nothing to St. Louis. A 3-2 win over San Jose. A 3-2 win over Chicago. A couple of 3-1, 2-1, losses. So you, we've seen some unders with the exception of this uh, Panthers game. Some unders from the Kraken. Nashville, meanwhile, if you're looking at their performance as of late, 4-1 over Detroit. 5-2 against uh, Winnipeg. Prior to that, they had a four-game losing streak. Prior to that, it was a five-game winning streak. So this is a streaky team. So I would ride them to continue a streak and win their third straight uh, at Seattle. And then for the Panthers, um, as we talked about them losing, they are in Winnipeg, and they are minus 155. And I kind of like the Panthers to bounce back and win the game here um, as Florida has kind of been back and forth, but pretty good since the COVID, I guess, um, you know, post, not postponed. Yeah, I guess all the games being postponed. They stayed, jumped out of the gate with a four-game winning streak, all right? Then they had another four-game winning streak. They were 8-2, and 9-2, and 10-2. They're 10-3 and three in their last 13 games. So, you know, there's a lot to like with this Florida Panthers team. And I think I will take them on a short line here, minus 155 against Winnipeg. So let's let's put a little fun parlay together for the Tuesday NHL action. How about Florida over Winnipeg, Nashville over Seattle, And those two together is plus 167. Throw in the Penguins on the puck line against the Coyotes, plus 324 on the parlay. I think that's 
that's pretty good. We don't need to go any further than that. Um, you know, you want to add something else. I don't know. The over in Vegas, Carolina. That would be something to take a look at. But those would be the plays that I would like. Florida, Nashville, and then I'd say Penguins on the puck line, even though it's minus 170. But in a parlay piece, take a look at that. And in the NBA, Anthony Davis could make his return. And the Lakers will be small favorites. They're three-point favorites at the Brooklyn Nets. Obviously, with Anthony Davis back, I lean Brooklyn, right? Excuse me, I lean the Lakers. But maybe because I'm thinking Brooklyn, because do I trust the Lakers laying points on the road? First of all, both of these teams are two of the bottom teams in the NBA in, in their ATS records. I just don't trust the Lakers on the road. Maybe look for, uh, maybe the total in that game is worth a play, but that'll be the big story in the NBA. Anthony Davis returning for the Lakers as they take on the Nets. James Harden riding solo, though, without Kyrie. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's The Look Ahead here on VEASAN. This, 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 this.